Welcome to the Sports Cat Podcast. We are just two brothers who started a podcast that will talk about all things sports in Tennessee. We will focus primarily on the Titans, but we'll also talk about Vols college sports, especially football, Memphis Grizzlies basketball, and Nashville Predators hockey. This week we will talk about the Vols versus Pitt football game and the Titans versus Giants game and the total collapse of the Titans. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at the TN1 and on TikTok at the TN. First things first, we're going to get started with college football. Uh, we're going to look at the scores from Saturday. Number three, Ohio State killed Arkansas State 45 to 12. Penn State beat Ohio 46 to 10. Arkansas 44. South Carolina 30. Uh, the surprise game of the week, Alabama 20. Texas 19. Wake Forest beat Vanderbilt 45-25. And then the Vols beat Pittsburgh 34-27. to And another game, the Kentucky Wildcats beat the Florida Gators 26-16. And for the final game that we're going to cover is the uh, Baylor-BYU game 26-20. Um, let's recap the Vols versus Pitt game. Blake, what did you think about uh, the game overall? Well, there's a lot of talk about uh, Pitt having a backup quarterback, but Pittsburgh's got a good team, and you know they they did a lot of things well. Of course, Tennessee came away with the win, so I think that says a lot. Pittsburgh's got a good crowd; they've got a got a really good environment. Uh, they uh, Tennessee just played really good. They played really well. They're on their A game. Uh, know that. Pittsburgh's quarterback was a little shaken up towards the end of the game, but at the end of the day, they go into a, a harsh environment and pull one out. So that's what matters. Getting wins at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you're facing or what the circumstances are. Being able to pull out a win's big. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh came out on fire, really punched Tennessee right in the mouth, uh, got a good lead on, and then the Vols pass rush finally ramped up and knocked Slovis out of the game, which was huge for the Vols, uh, which, as you mentioned, brought in their backup quarterback, and he did pretty well himself. But looking at the stats here, Hendon Hooker was 27 for 42 for 325 yards and two touchdowns with a QBR of 82.5, which is incredible. Um, our receivers, um, the SportsCat TN's player of the game in this one was Cedric Tillman. He had nine receptions for 162 yards a touchdown. Uh, the touchdown, of course, being the game winner. Um, but also, Hyatt had a big game with 11 receptions, 73 yards. Uh, McCoy, an awesome catch on third down that really set Tennessee up in this game. Um, but as you mentioned, Pitt, great football team. Not going to take anything away from them, but Tennessee's pace and their tempo just really really showed up against the uh, Panthers in that one. Um that's what stood out to me the most was their pace and their tempo. What about you? Is that is that kind of what you were thinking also? That's it. Uh, you know, teams in, embrace their head coach, like we'll talk about a lot uh, during our podcast. And I think that Tennessee's got a lot of grit. It seems like, uh, you know, they try to embrace what, what their head coach is, you know, his philosophy. And, uh, you know, each guy – goes out there and seems to give it their all. And that's what a head coach's job is, is trying to get every every bit of, you know, not just talent, because talent doesn't always come out, you know, uh, 
and win games. It's about grit and heart and determination. And This Tennessee team seems like they're going to be a tough team to handle. Uh, Pittsburgh's not, you know, the team that, you know, like a community college or, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, our high school team could do better than uh, the team Tennessee had the first week. Yeah, Ball State, I think, was who they played, yeah. So, you know, that's handling your business. Tennessee's not done that the last few years. Uh, teams that they should should kill, uh, they haven't been able to, to be able to step on the gas and take care of business. Sometimes they let teams hang around, and Pittsburgh's a good team, so they just handle business. And on the road, it's, it's tough to win on the road. Crowds get into it, especially in college, so the hat's off to Tennessee in that. Yeah, that was a huge, huge win. Can't be understated how big that win was for the Vols. Um, Hayden Hooker looking like the real deal. A dark horse for the Heisman, in my opinion. Uh, the upcoming schedule for the Vols, they play Akron this week, and um, we're looking at the odds right now, and they open up at Tennessee's 48-point uh, favorites in that one, which is insane for any college football team, no matter who they play. Uh, then the following week, they play Florida at home then LSU and Alabama, so they really have a tough schedule. Um, then towards the end of the season, they play K- Kentucky at Neyland, and then they play at Georgia, so, you know, that'll be a tough one for them. Um, not a cakewalk on their schedule for sure, but um, with their pace of play and their big offensive threats, I think that the Vols will hang in there and do pretty well. Uh, we're going to go the top 25 uh, list that came out today for college football. Uh, 25, we've got Oregon. Uh, 24, Texas A&M, who lost a heartbreaker. Uh, 23, Pitt. That Pitt team, as we've discussed, is incredible. Uh, 22, Penn State. 21, Texas. Texas, a big jump even though they lost because they uh, played real close to Alabama. In my opinion, if their quarterback wouldn't have got knocked out, they probably would have won that game. Uh, well, the rest missed a, a holding call that could have changed the trajectory of the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was a big missed call, uh, which that happens in football. Right. But still, Texas Texas showed a lot. That was a, that was a big game. Yeah, and then 20, we go with Ole Miss, Wake Forest 19, Florida, who lost to Kentucky this week. At home, they're going to be number 18, 17, Baylor. Lost to BYU, uh, NC State. Tennessee coming in at 15. I think Tennessee's a little... A little low on that. What do you think, Blake? Tennessee's real low on that list, but we're kind of partial. But, uh, you know, that's okay. Underdog's not a bad thing to be. Uh, we'll talk about it in the Titans podcast uh, portion of the podcast. Uh, underdogs, sometimes people play better as underdogs. But, uh, you know, going back to Florida, I think Florida's got a excellent quarterback. I don't yeah. know if you've watched him play any. Uh, but their quarterback is—he seems to be the real deal. So Florida, people are sleeping on Florida. I think you got to be—you uh, don't need to take them light when you play them. Right. Yeah, a lot of talent on that team. Uh, Fourteen, they've got Utah, who um, lost uh, their week one game. Uh, Miami, uh, the U coming in at thirteen. Then BYU, Michigan State, Arkansas at ten, Kentucky at nine, which is. Uh, impressive because they did beat that Florida team at Florida. Oklahoma State, USC, um, Oklahoma at six, Clemson five, Michigan number four, Ohio State three, Alabama two, and then Georgia's going to be your top number one uh, in the nation right now. And after watching them play the previous two weeks, it's easy to see why they're 
loaded to say the least. They're going to be hard to beat. It's somebody's going to have to be on their A game to beat them. They're, they look like a tough team. All right, so our prediction for next week, as we uh, mentioned earlier, the favorite is Tennessee by. They're coming out with 48 to start off with, which is not surprising considering Tennessee did score 59 their opening week. Um, this high-powered offense, high-paced uh, team, will show a lot of people why they can score a lot of points. And that was a big reason why they won last week. They uh, It seemed like they just wore out the Pittsburgh defense to me, uh, Blake, and um, I think that the point spread is a lot, but you know this Tennessee team, if they get hot, they can absolutely beat a team by 48 points. Well, and that's a good point. You know, if they get rolling, uh, it seems like they don't need very much time at all to put one in the end zone when they get rolling. Hooker is dangerous. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of skeptical of him, uh, but you know he's a good player. He is a really, really good player. And I think that they're trying to facilitate his abilities and trying to maximize what they can get out of him. And, you know, uh, hats off to their coaching staff for that because I think that they're really getting uh, – they're starting to get, you know, the max that they can get out of him. And he's uh, – you know, there's a lot of good – they've got a lot of good players. They've recruited really well the last couple of years. It seems like uh, their head coach is really pulling through and – and getting getting some really good high high rated recruits. So, uh, you know, this Tennessee program is very very exciting to watch. Yeah, and uh, I think an, an underrated part of this team is actually their defense. Their defense has looked really well, um, really good. Starting off with you know, Ball State last week, but they gave up ten points. Um, but when your offense scores fifty nine points you're going to give the other team a lot of uh, chances to score. So, um, And then last week against a really good Pittsburgh team, uh, their quarterback gets knocked out early. Their second-string quarterback comes in. He does really well. Uh, they, had a, they had a lot of playmakers on that offense, and I think that Tennessee's defense is really holding up well for them. Um, but, and, and another thing on Pittsburgh, you know, something that stood out to me with their backup, you, when you're a backup, you can either play scared like you don't want to be there or the, the light's too bright for you, or you can play like you have nothing to lose. And he seemed like he played like he had nothing to lose. Uh, hats off to him because I saw him limping. I know he took some shots from the defense. And, uh, you know, he, he wasn't a scrub. He had a lot of grit. And seemed like, uh, you know, he's he, he's a player. He can play. So, uh, But hats off to Tennessee for stopping them because they marched the ball down the field. And I really thought that, that they were going to score that that final possession that they had, and uh, Tennessee took care of business, and uh, you know here we are at two and zero. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to transition from the uh, balls and college football into the NFL, and uh, we're going to get started with talking about our uh, our uh, top ten teams heading into the season. We started off with number ten, the Denver Broncos. Nine, the Eagles, which they proved that they. Put it on the team they played this week. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at eight. They killed the Cardinals this week. Green Bay had a tough one against the Vikings, but we had them at seven. Six, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, five, the Cincinnati Bengals, who had a hard-fought game and against uh, Pittsburgh yesterday. Tampa Bay. And then we put the Titans at three, which may be a little uh, high considering their game last night yesterday. 
Uh, two, we have the Rams, who also may be high after they got absolutely demolished by the Bills. And, of course, the Bills, we have number one. But um, just watching that first game for the Rams, you know, kind of like the Titans, it kind of looked like they came out of the gates a little slow. What do you think? They were, you know, week one, um, you know, I don't follow the Rams as close as I follow the Titans. Week one, it seemed like the Titans were getting their legs under them. You know, none of the real big-time starters played in the preseason. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about Henry. Henry kind of looked sluggish. Uh, he didn't look like Derrick Henry, 2,000-yard uh, Russian season Henry that we're accustomed to. So it's disappointing. I know, uh, you know, he's coming off of uh, breaking his, his foot or his ankle, and, you know, he just didn't look like the Derrick Henry that we've seen in past seasons. And I don't know if he got hit yesterday, uh, re-watching the game after being there yesterday. You see him limp off, and they take him to the tent for a little bit, and then he comes back out. So I don't know if he's still got something lingering or if he's got a new injury or what's going on with Henry, but uh, it, is, it is a little concerning. But, you know, like we said in the ball portion of the podcast, uh, you know, this Titans team – they bounce back very well. At least in years past, they have. Uh, they embody what Vrabel, uh, you know, gives them, and he brings a lot of grit to the team. Uh, he he just you know, it seems like every every time last year that they would lose to a team that they shouldn't get beat by, they would come back. And you know, last year with the Bills when they played the Bills, you remember what happened the week before? Yeah, uh, tough loss, and then. Bounce back against the Bills. Um, so we're going to go over some of the scores from yesterday. The Bills, are, or from this week, the Bills beat the Rams 31-10. The Eagles 38-35. to I said they killed the team they played, but really it was a, wasn't a close game to begin with, but the Lions made it competitive at the end. Uh, the Bears beat the 49ers 19-10. Steelers beating the Bengals, which I thought that they won too. So The Dolphins beat the Patriots. Browns beat the Panthers. Colts and Texans tied, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but that was a big game, uh, as it'll turn out, I think, on the season. Uh, The Saints beat the Falcons. Ravens beat the Jets. Commanders beat the Jaguars. uh, Vikings beat the Packers. Giants, of course, beat the Titans. Um, Chargers ended up beating the Raiders 24-19. The Chiefs 44-21 against the Cardinals. Uh, Buccaneers beat the Cowboys. And then tonight, the Broncos played the Seahawks, but... Um, there's a little, little bit of a uh, box score for us or the uh, little scores for us. You, so. you know, I think you're right, though. I think that, that Colts-Texans game will be huge towards the end of the season because as it looks right now, the AFC South is going to be very competitive. And, you know, uh, everybody's yes, kind of sleeping sadly, on that'll be true, I believe. Yeah. Everybody's sleeping on the Texans. And, uh, you know, I didn't really think about them to start the season off, but they held their own against the Colts. You know, they had that big lead to start off the game and, you know, give credit to the Colts for coming back. Uh, it looked like they were going to win it, but uh, they ended up tying, and that could be a good thing for Titans fans uh, like ourselves in weeks to come. Yeah, yeah. Um... Like you stated, we went to the game yesterday, so we were kind of raw reacting to it on the way back home. But uh, we're going to get into that game a little bit after we both um, have had the chance to watch over the game. Uh, the Titans versus the Giants, and that one ended 21-20 to 20 in favor of the uh, Giants. 
Daniel Jones was 17 for 21 for 188 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, Ryan Tannehill ended the game 20 for 33, 266 yards, two touchdowns. And um, really, honestly, if you would have blurred out the stats for this game, if you blurred out the teams, you would think that the uh, the Giants' stats were the Titans' stats. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 18 carries for 164 yards, a touchdown, and his longest run was 68 yards. Um, and then Daniel Jones, of course, was mobile with his legs. But we said it on Twitter, Daniel Jones out Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill yesterday, and then Saquon Barkley out Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry yesterday. Derrick Henry only had 82 yards on 21 carries. And his longest was 18. Um, like you stated, there could have been something wrong with him. Uh, I'm not really sure. Hilliard was the story. He scored two touchdowns for us yesterday, or only two touchdowns, both receiving. So he was the second leading receiver um, with 61 yards behind our player of the game, which was Kyle Phillips. And he had 66 yards on six receptions. Um, and his punt return, the first punt return of his career, was a monster for us. Uh, Got us all the way down to down the field, past the fifty. Um, so, Blake, let's let's react to this game a little bit since we've had a little time to think about it. Uh, what did you think about the first half for the Titans? Well, you know, anytime you get in the red zone, you want to punch it in for six, and that was something that stood out. Uh, you know, Randy did what he's paid to do. He uh, had a couple of uh, a couple of field goals there. In the first half, of course, you talked about Hilliard. Uh, he had a receiving touchdown the first half. Actually, first drive, they marched the ball down the field and scored uh, with a swing route to Hilliard uh, for six. But, uh, you know, the defense looked good. Offense wasn't playing terrible. And uh, you just had that feeling that Derrick Henry was going to get going the second half. So, you know three and four yard runs, you're thinking, well, in the second half, he's going to bust one. I actually leaned over to dad and said, he's going to bust one this half. And uh, he said, I hope you're right. And I said, I hope I am too. And it never did happen. You know, uh, he just looked like he was a step slow, at least for him. He was a step slower than normal. Uh, don't know if he's got something going on. Don't know if his foot's not, you know, just right yet or, or what's going on with Henry. But uh, just very disappointing to see things shake out the way they did and you know uh, the first half was uh, it looked pretty good for the Titans you know you'd hope to see them come out and score more points and uh, you know there's some miscues and different things but uh, you know something that stood out to me was Derrick Henry fumbling on the Wildcat on third down uh, they had a third and short and they put him in the Wildcat instead of pounding the ball down the Giants throat so I don't know if it's not trusting the offensive line enough yet or just, you know, trying to get, uh, like people are saying, too cute with play calling. But uh, you got a guy that's 260-plus pounds, and uh, I'd hope to see a little more smash-mouth football. But uh, what do you think, Kyle? I thought the first half, absolute dominance by the Titans on both sides of the ball. I think they're uh, in the trenches. They won, like, by a bunch, and – their pass rush was phenomenal. Daniel Jones couldn't get anything going. Um, really made them one-dimensional, and we were stopping the run. Um, 
and then our offense, we would get them opportunities, and they couldn't capitalize. And like you were saying, it was like um, either they don't trust Tannehill or the play calling is just not there for them, um, which we've seen in years previous. Uh, but first half was completely dominated by the Titans. Um, the second half was a totally different story. It was like a totally different game. Um, for me, I think that the biggest concern was our line coming into this game. And if you would have told me that the line would have performed as well as they did on offense, then I would have said the Times would have won by four touchdowns. But um, for me, the play calling is not where it needs to be, not even close on offense. On defense, um, the first half, great. Absolutely phenomenal uh, Times defense. Looked top five in the league. And then now we're going to talk about the second half, um, which it's like a totally different Titans team came out of the locker room. Um, the offense was lackluster. Uh, they honestly couldn't get anything going at all. Couldn't get any yardage on any plays. It seemed like they went three and out every time down the field. And then their defense started giving up these big plays, um, two back-to-back drives, huge plays for touchdowns, which really killed the, killed the Titans. Um, now the defense did hold on a on a goal line situation with Daniel Jones throwing the interception to Hooker, but um, other than that, you know, um, they just did not look look very very well coached, and that is something that we can't say much about a Vrabel team. What do you think? I think that you know Vrabel's mindset. It seems like, at least from everything that I've heard and everything that I've seen in his uh, stint here with the Titans, you know he's very aggressive. He's a very aggressive coach. Uh, you know he likes to try to pound the ball down the field and try. You're, you're trying to score touchdowns every time down the field, and it seemed like uh, Todd Downing, offensive coordinator might have pulled the reins back a little bit and tried to, you know, as they say in basketball, it's, uh, let's freeze it. Let's yeah. freeze the lead. And it seemed like they, they got a, he got a little scared. don't know if uh, it just appeared that he was scared. The play calling wasn't aggressive. You know, we've always been taught uh, in any kind of sport that we grew up in, if you've got somebody down, you know, step on the gas and try to score more points and try to get them down so much that they can't come back. And, you know, the Titans didn't have that yesterday. The play calling was, you know, uh, Todd Downing had some, some questionable calls, uh, not playing certain players that you pay very good money for. Uh, you know, we talked about Derrick Henry missed an entire series. There's a three and out where he didn't even play uh, in the, I think it was either third or fourth quarter. So that was kind of concerning. Like, again, it might be something related to his health. I don't know, but... Uh, you know, he had his helmet on. Usually if a player thinks that they're not going to go in, they take their helmet off, which we saw at the end of the game, which we'll get into later. But, um, you know, the Titans just wasn't the aggressor. You know, it seemed like they were waiting for uh, the Giants to punch punch them instead of, you know, going and doing the punch and trying to, trying to be the aggressor. So, I don't know. It's just a little concerning. The play call was very concerning. With the, the players that we have, it didn't seem like we catered to, to who we are as a team or who we have been anyway. Um, so my question is, do you think that Todd Downing should be fired? And here's my opinion on that. Um, 
It's either one or two. You gotta answer your own question. Yeah, it's oh, it's yeah. it's either one or two <laughs> things. Either one, he doesn't trust Tannehill, and this Ryan Tannehill playoff situation that has been talked about pretty much the whole offseason with him having issues has really affected Ryan Tannehill to the point that our offensive coordinators don't even trust him right now. Or two, we play so conservative on offense that we won't even make it out of the division. We won't even come close to being in the playoffs this year. Um, which either way, that is not good uh, for Titans fans if they think that our play calling is where it needs to be and it's totally not where it needs to be. So what do you think about it? Should should the Titans get rid of uh, Todd Downey? Absolutely. I think that they need to find somebody that's going to be aggressive and match the mindset of Vrabel. You know, it seems like Vrabel's very, you know, like I said before, he's very aggressive. He likes to go for it on fourth down when it's fourth and close, and he knows he's got Derrick Henry back there to, you know, get a fourth and inches or a fourth and one uh, if we're on the opponent's side of the field. And, you know, Downing – you know, call a pass play when you when it's fourth and one or third and third and one. You run that tight end sweep uh, yeah. that we end up losing three or four yards on. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got Derrick Henry, and uh, it just it just doesn't make sense. You know, Downing's Downing's thought process does not make sense. I know it's easier to uh, look back and hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know. Uh, you learn from mistakes. We've always been taught you learn from mistakes and you don't make the same mistake twice. And it seems like Downing's making the same mistake twice. For the Titans to preach that, for Braves to preach that all the time in these interviews that we watch and listen to, uh, it seems like Downing's making the same mistake, you know, multiple times. And, you know, where's the accountability for that? So I think that you, you have to get rid of him. You have to look for different options. I don't know who the best option is for that. Uh, maybe it's me and you. Maybe we can go down there and call some plays for him. I know I think I can do a lot, lot better job than Downing's doing right now. But uh, and you hate to say that about somebody, but you know, after watching last season, watching this season, you can't be conservative in the National Football League. No. The team that the Titans have, uh, you know, you don't have uh, boo coodles of talent. You've got some talented players and you've got some gritty players, and you know. Uh, that's just not – the Titans aren't a flashy team. They're just going to pound the football down the field and pound it down your throat, and you know what they're going to do, but you can't stop it because you've got Derrick Henry back there. And, you know, every now and then, you know, you have to mix it up. But uh, on third and one, I just don't understand that tight end sweep. I will never understand that. All right, so let's talk about this, too, as it comes to – goes to, for uh, Todd Downing. Uh, yesterday – uh, the Titans trade away A.J. Brown in the offseason. Everyone knows. Yesterday, A.J. Brown's stat line, 10 receptions, 155 yards, uh, with his longest being 54 um, yards. And then we look over here at the Buccaneers game from last night. Julio Jones had three catches for 69 yards. He also had two rushes for 17 yards. Where was that last year? As you mentioned earlier, um, and we've seen on Twitter and a lot of other places today as everyone reacts to the game. Why is Todd Downing wanting to play fourth and fifth string players on not just plays where, you know, our guys are tired or uh, we need to refresh our lineup or whatever, uh, playing them in huge moments, huge game-winning plays. We have our fourth and fifth stringers out there. Um, and then yesterday we – we're playing or we were watching them play and I noticed that Woods 
who we brought in, you know, big receiver we traded for. Uh, he had two targets yesterday, one catch. Is that right? And then Hooper, also another big name guy that we bring in, gets two targets and one catch. What's going on with that? You know, like we have all these big time players, we don't get them the ball. Um, I just don't understand it. I don't know why. I don't know, you know, why we would even get them if we're not going to get them the ball. And we give up stuff for them, you know, so like draft picks and other players. So why would we not get Robert Woods the ball, who is a proven receiver in the NFL? I don't know. And you could tell, uh, I don't think you've said this yet, but you can tell that Woods was disappointed. He was very disappointed, it seemed like. He was very discouraged. His body language wasn't um, ideal if you're a Titans fan watching from where we were uh, when you're watching from anywhere. Uh, you know, he wasn't sitting over there with the team at one point uh, after one of the drives. Me and you talked about that a little bit on the way back. Uh, you know, he's a player. He wants the ball. He doesn't want to be a decoy for Derrick Henry. You know, Derrick Henry is a, a great running back, and I think we need to utilize him. But we also need to utilize our other weapons. I mean, and that's, that's not like to say that Woods isn't a team player, because right. he is totally a team player. But... Uh, Right, but, you know, you have guys that are studs and they want the ball. You know, they're there to do their job, and when you don't, you know, allow them to have a chance at it. I mean, two targets is ridiculous for a top-tier receiver, and I think he is a top-tier receiver. You know, he had an injury, but how many people have had injuries in the NFL and come back and played better than they ever have? And I, you know, uh, John Robinson, you know, wouldn't have brought him in if he thought that he was going to be a dud. I mean, you don't give up draft picks and – uh, you know, all the things that he's done to get Woods and, and uh, Cooper and not expect productivity out of them. And, you know, that's something that, that they're going to have to look at. And hopefully, you know, hopefully John Robinson and Mike Vrabel see that Todd Downing's not the guy. He's just not the offensive coordinator for the Titans. Maybe he's good good fit somewhere else. Maybe the Atlanta Titans uh, down there. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I mean the Falcons. Uh, maybe he's good down there for them. I don't know, but uh, I don't think his fits in Tennessee. But uh, yeah, as you mentioned the Woods thing, um, you could tell like any athlete knows when another athlete's frustrated. You can read it all over their body language. You know, they may not be screaming or yelling on the sidelines, but just slumping the shoulders, looking down, walking around, not being with the team. And that's something that we were discussing on the way home. And like you said, and. Woods was doing that, and uh, Tannehill, I saw, walks over to Woods and starts talking to him and tries to get him going. But, you know, it's – to me, it was like Tannehill wasn't even looking for Woods well, uh, on the plays that hey, I was watching. I didn't, hey, hey, you get a player going as you throw him the dang ball. Yeah. You know, you don't be – you know, they had – which, you know, it goes back to the offensive coordinator having, uh, having Woods out there for a few possessions when, you know – Maybe we don't know everything about everything that went went down. Maybe Woods needed a break, but uh, there was some some drives where you didn't see Woods out there three straight downs uh, like he probably should have been. Uh, you know, you pay him pay him good money to be out there and, and make plays. So I don't know. I just I hope that they figure it out. I hope they understand who they've got and the personnel that they've they've acquired. You touched a lot on the Derrick Henry uh, situation. Um, his stat line, not Derrick Henry at all. It didn't seem like, to me, he had that burst like he usually does. 
you know, Derek Henry's powerful runner, but his speed wasn't as good as it has been that I've seen. Um, and like you stated, he missed the, an entire series, which since he has been the man in Tennessee, I have not seen. I've not seen Derrick Henry miss an entire series, which the Titans go three and out on, because they don't have a threat to really run the ball down anyone's throat. So the defense wasn't ready was ready for that. Um, and then let's talk about the rookies. What do you think about the rookies? I think Burks played a good game. He had a holding penalty on a big kickoff return, but I think that overall he played a really good game. Made some really big catches. Um, and of course, Kyle Phillips, man, he's probably the steal of the draft for the Titans. Um, Leading receiver, huge punt returns. Uh, what do you think about our rookies? Oh, and also uh, our linemen that are rookies. You know, they're playing really well. But what do you think about it? Well, I think that uh, uh, what's what's the lineman's name? Petit Fierre? Yeah. Is MPF. that his last name? <laughs> MPF. I don't know. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. But I thought that he looked good. You yeah. know, uh, it seemed like the line played really well, like you said. Uh, which, you know, everybody's trying to gel together. Maybe they didn't get all the snaps that they needed in preseason, but the line looked really good. Uh, you know, Traylon Burks looked good. He looked good. He's got to get more targets, I think. I think you got to target him, and uh, also you've got to target Woods more. But uh, Traylon looks good. Uh, I think that he'll be a solid player for the Titans. I think that Kyle Phillips was, you know uh, – that's, that's who people talked about when they left the game was Kyle, Kyle Phillips. Uh, the burst that he brought in that punt return like you talked about at the beginning, um, you know, he seemed like he's ready to play. And something that sets him apart that I don't think a lot of people think about. You know, you watch anywhere from high school to uh, college to the NFL, you watch punt returners. And you can tell a lot by a punt returner. You know, what's their first instinct as soon as they catch the ball? Are they waiting? You know, the Giants uh, returner, uh, he, he, he stood there for a few seconds, and we were wondering if he froze up or if something happened or what. But, uh, you know, Kyle Phillips has that instinct, and he just takes off. And then he reads, you know, he, he's the aggressor in that situation instead of trying to read what the defense is giving him. And, you know, that's a special thing to have. Uh, he just goes after it. I think Grable said that he goes rabbit hunting with a hammer. Wasn't yeah. that his quote? Yeah, I think so. And and you know he's uh, he just looks like he's he wasn't the still of a draft for the Titans, and he'll be a solid player. Yeah. So looking at the targets for the game, Phillips had nine targets, well deserved. I don't have no issue with that at all. Hilliard with four targets from Tannehill. Um, Traylon Burks has five. Maybe you want to up those those numbers a little bit. But what really didn't make much sense to me was Swain had four targets on the game, and he's our third tight end in pass catching. Why would he? Why would he have those many pass targets? I don't know. But uh, Swain had as many targets as Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook and Keenan put together. Yeah, and then uh, both of those guys had two. Uh, Chig with one, and I think Chig could be. A dark horse player for us if we could get him the ball. He showed a special ability to run with the ball um, after his catch. Um, and then Hooper, of course, just a trash really completion to him at the end of the game when the Titans were trying to get it down the field. Just a little out route for about six yards. Um, but I think that our targets aren't where they need to be. Hollister had a big catch down the field uh, for us. He had one target and then uh, Henry, which he was totally not not expecting the ball at all. Tannehill runs at him, should have gotten the ball if he was going to throw it to Henry. 
uh, probably three seconds before he did, and Henry just thought the Tannehill was going to run or something else and got out of the play, and Tannehill ends up throwing it at his head, and Henry drops the ball. But um, which, which, if he had completed that, it wouldn't have done anything for him. He was behind the sticks. So right. we were honestly better off that he dropped it. But Right. But with Tannehill throwing the ball 33 times, if you're going to give a third of those to Phillips, you need to give probably a third to Woods and uh, split Burks and Hooper, I would think. Uh, if you want Kyle Phillips to be the man in the slot, which he showed that he definitely could be, um, you need to get him the ball and you need to get Woods the ball. Both of those guys can make big plays as well as Burks. But here's what I here's my main takeaway from the Titans yesterday on their offensive end of the ball. If you're only going to take one shot down the field for more than 20 yards, which they threw it to Burks. No pass interference call. Awful. No call for the Titans. But they only took one real shot down the field. The rest of their plays were about 15 yards or in. The rest of Tannehill's throws. So is there something going on with his arm? His arm looks great to me. Uh, the Titans just have no vertical threat, it doesn't seem like. Or does it? they don't want to take a vertical shot down the field for whatever reason. I think them... This is where I get back to them not trusting Tannehill. I think that um, they have told Tannehill to throw the ball conservatively, which is exactly what he did yesterday. And people gawk over his numbers, but, I mean, if you're throwing to wide-open receivers, you should have 20 completions on 33 attempts. Which most of them were. Most of them were. He had one really good ball, I think, yesterday, and that was at the end of the game to Phillips, which is when you need it. I mean, that kudos to that. But, uh, you know, it's like you said, I just don't feel like they trust him all the way. Uh, I don't know if it's coordinators. I don't know, you know, if it's teammates that have said stuff or what. But, uh, you know, you just don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling whenever you see Tannehill in there and he's holding the ball too long. And he's almost getting sacked, uh, you know, because these guys have held the defensive lineman for three or four seconds uh, and they finally get around them. Uh, which all you need is about three seconds, and you should be able to dissect a play. But, uh, you know, something that stood out to me, and I know I'm changing the subject if you want to go back to it, but uh, after the game, Frable didn't think that Hilliard was available. And uh, he got a question asked to him in his press conference if Hilliard was available, and he said that he was not. Which, if you go back and watch the play, Hilliard's not wearing his helmet. Neither is Derrick Henry, which, you know, if they've got a long way to go at the end of the game, Henry's not in. Because, you know, if you don't have much time and you got to go all the way down the field, you're not going to hand the ball off. Because, which is something that I could see Todd Downey doing. But, you know, um, you know, you just don't do that. But then you go and watch Hilliard's interview after the game when they're talking to the players at the lockers in the locker room. And Hilliard said that he's always available. So... Uh, don't know if Vrabel had, uh, if it was bad communication to Vrabel, which is something that they're going to have to fix. Yeah. Uh, because Hilliard scored the only two touchdowns the Titans had. Yeah. Right? He's a huge threat coming out of the backfield for the Titans in their passing game. Um, let's go, let's transition over to defense for a few minutes. And, uh, their defense was not very, not very good the second half, to say the least. Uh, big chunk plays running the ball for Saquon Barkley. Um, just absolutely tearing us apart. Uh, two drives back-to-back. They have a huge run by Barkley. Touchdown. And then a huge miscommunication by Fulton. 
gets blown by by Shepard for a huge touchdown that really opened it up for the Giants to make a comeback against the Titans. So what are your thoughts on our defense the second half? Well, you know, uh, I think that we were getting beat up the middle on the run. I think that, you know, maybe Fulton was trying to help out the run uh, defense because, you know, like we've talked about, uh, me and you on the right back, we we have tried to dissect the game and we were upset like I'm sure every Tennessee fan was and disappointed. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's where Fulton's head was at, was trying to, you know, play the odds thinking that they were going to run Barkley. Um, but you can't get beat that deep. And that, that was an easy ball for Daniel Jones to throw. I know people will trash him as a quarterback, but, you know, he stepped up and made plays. The, the yeah. Giants played a good game. I mean, yeah. they played a solid game. They seem to be pretty well coached, at least. Uh, seems like they're getting behind what their new coaching staff is implementing. And, you know, hats off to them because, you know, nobody gave them a chance to win that game. And right. They stuck in it. Uh, great environment that the Titans had to play in. Playing at home. Crowd was going nuts. Crowd was awesome. That game. Uh, you know, that's something that wasn't talked about was how into it the crowd was. And I hope that they continue to stay into it. Um, but, you know, frustration is something that will happen if you don't have some different play calling and on the offensive end. You know, defense defensively, you know, the Titans look pretty solid. Big Jeff had a great game, I thought. Yeah. Second half, he could have had a little more. Of course, you can always have more if you're on defense as far as that goes. If you're not getting a sack every time, I think that you're disappointed. Right. Uh, if you're a defensive player, but uh, Bud Dupree looked good, uh, Danico Autry looked good. Uh, you know the linebackers actually looked pretty pretty solid. You know they had a missed tackle there for the two point conversion. Uh, Cole Cole had a chance, had his hands on Barkley, and ended up missing him. Uh, Great call by the Giants to go for two right there too. I mean, marching the ball, down, getting whatever they wanted on offense, going for two in that kind of game was a monster call, and I loved it. I think it was an awesome call by the Giants. Uh, I watched it back, and um, definitely a face mask by the Titans on that two-point conversion. But also, watching the play further, there was a hold on Audrey in the end zone. I don't know if you caught that, but – that play should have been redone um, as far as the officiating goes. But, again, hats off to the Giants. Played an awesome second half. It's exactly what you want to see from a team coming back against a favorite in the Titans at home. You know, like uh, we talked about it and you mentioned it too. you got to put the put the foot on the gas and go. you gotta, you got to stop their throats when they're down. you got to just put it, keep putting it on them, which our offense didn't do, and we went into length about that. But, um we're going to get into Randy's miss at the end of the game. You know, the Titans get the ball about a minute to go and march it right down the field, get a couple of penalties. Um, and I looked over to you, and I should have said that shows what happens when you play aggressive. You get holding penalties, pass interference penalties. Uh, we march the ball down the field. Um, a thing that's been talked about a lot today by the Titans fans that I've seen is the timeout situation at the end of the game. Big pass to Phillips. Um, then we have to waste a timeout, our only timeout that we had left. Well, they can say what they want to. You know, Vrabel says that he was just confirming with Randy on which hash he wanted it on. It wasn't that. Tannehill had no idea what time the play clock had on it. When he broke from the huddle, I believe uh, it was either four or five seconds left on the play clock, and then they rushed to the line and tried to get everybody 
uh, on the line and get ready to get the ball snapped. And finally, Brable just had to call a timeout. Yeah. And I think that Brable's just covering for him. Yeah, I agree totally. I think that uh, the mismanagement there was not from Brable. I think it was from Tannehill. I think Tannehill really uh, shot himself in the foot on that one. And I think that the Titans playing at home in that type of environment, everyone thought that they were going to march the ball down the field. Randy was going to get a kick and knock it in for the win. But listening to the after show from the Titans uh, yesterday, uh, Randy's worst field goal percentage is from 40 to 49 yards. If the Titans would have saved that timeout, they could have got, you know, maybe eight or nine more yards, get him in a closer range, more of his more of his range, and he could have knocked it in for the win. But I think it's unfair for Titans fans to blame that loss on Bullock. I think that he did an awesome job. He's done an awesome job for us kicking the ball. Um, in that situation, you know, you're up 13 at halftime. And if the roles were reversed, if we had got behind in the first half, I still would have expected the Titans to win the game and come back on the Giants. Right. Uh, but for for fans to blame Randy, I don't think that that's quite fair because that's a game that we should have had. And there's no excuse for missing a kick like that, really. But for Randy, I think that he's been so good for us that – I, I don't blame him for missing that kick. It was it was a lot closer than I thought it was when I watched it live. Uh, I rewatched it today, and uh, the hold looked good by Stonehouse, who has an absolute boot, as we noticed in he, person. Dude, he has a boot. We got to we got to be on the field pregame, and my goodness, Stonehouse can kick it. He also has some good hair. I don't know if you can see it as as good as we did in person, but. He, he has got a boot. Uh, you know, a lot of people tried to say, well, was it the hold that threw Randy off? Was it this? Was it that? No, he just missed it. And that kind of thing happens. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I don't think that it falls square on, on Randy's shoulders. I think that the game should have been out of hand. We should have been up at least three touchdowns. Like, yeah. uh, I just don't think that it's fair to criticize Randy. You know, if Randy starts missing uh, gimme kicks, uh, throughout the game, then yes, you can blame Randy, but that was just one one miss on a uh, something that shouldn't have even happened. Tough kick. It was, that, it was a tough kick, really. I mean, with the situation, um, kind of how the, the game had went to that point, that was a tough kick for any kicker. Um, but I don't think we can blame it on Randy, as, as we both agreed on. So, Blake, what do you think we can fix for next week against the Super Bowl favorite, Buffalo Bills? Uh if you've listened to the national media, they're going to go ahead and give it to the Bills. We might as well not even play the season. So what do you think about it? Well, last year, if you remember, we played them on Monday Night Football at home. And I know it's going to be different playing on the road. But uh, I think that we can shock them. I think people are counting the Titans out. Oh, well, it's the same old Titans. You know, if they don't get rid of Todd Downing, you know, uh, they don't have a chance. Well, you know, maybe Downing gets it figured out. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I still think they need to get rid of him. But if they don't, I think they still have a chance to beat the Bills. Um, I don't think you can count this Titans team out. They still have the same DNA that they had, you know, the last few years. Last year they went 12-5, and five and uh, they didn't have their some of their core players. So I don't think you, you count out Vrabel and his mentality. I think that that's something that's very underestimated. You know, last year he won Coach of the Year was very well deserved I think um, but the Bills that's that's going to be a tough game on Monday Night Football but I think that the Titans can win I think that you have to 
establish who you are. I think that they need to start running the ball and being aggressive on offense, uh, calling some play actions on first and second down and trying to take some shots down the field. Uh, you know, you can't just pass on third down, fourth down, you know, uh, when people know that you're going to pass on a passing down, that's pretty easy. I mean, we can call that when it's going to be a pass on third down, it's fourth and uh, five plus. So, you know, that's something that they're going to have to fix. The defense has to have the fire the whole game. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got to stop the run. Uh, Josh Allen's going to be mobile. Uh, he's he's going to make plays. He's a dang good quarterback. Yeah, awesome. Awesome quarterback. I can't say enough positive about him, but, uh, you know, the Titans just had to be aggressive. They had to be the aggressors. They have to uh, put their foot on the gas. And, you know, if there was to get a lead against uh, Buffalo, they just had to keep, you know, uh, trying to score touchdowns. The goal for every drive on offense should be to score a touchdown. It shouldn't be to get it down there close to where Randy can kick one in for three. Or we can pin them at the five for defense. Right. Depend on Stonehouse to, to pin it in the, within the five or the ten, um, you know, because that's not realistic. I mean, he's got a heck of a boot. He really does. If you've never seen him punt, he's he's got a boot. But, uh, you know, the Titans just had to be aggressive. They had to play Titan football. They didn't play Titan football yesterday. Uh you know, they played it for maybe a half on defense. I don't think we ever saw it on offense. Mm-hmm. Hilliard's not our best player. Hilliard is a good player. Uh, he's a good third down back. He's a good uh, special you know, teams player. Special teams is underestimated. Terrific me. special teams player. But I think that we had to run run it to Henry Moore, and we also had to get Woods, Hooper, uh, Kyle Phillips, Traylon. We've got to get all those guys involved. Uh, shoot, even Hollister had a big catch down there uh, inside the 20s. So, you know, we've just got to – I think we've got to pass more uh, on first and second down. That's got to be something that's going to be emphasized this week. Uh, what I think needs to be fixed for this next game against the Bills, the Bills are going to take shots down the field. You know, that's – with an arm like Josh Allen, you got to be prepared for them throwing the ball. And with Diggs as your receiver, they're going to take shots and they're going to get him the ball. Um, so – Pretty much a totally different game plan for next week facing the Buffalo Bills. Their defense looked great, too, um, forcing the Rams into turnovers. Um, solid team overall. Von Miller really is a huge addition to that Buffalo Bills team. So our offense is – we can't play conservative. We can't score 20 points and win that football game. That's just all there is to it. That's the bottom line of this game. We're going to have to be aggressive play calling on offense. And if we're not, it's going to get ugly. They're going to beat us by probably three or four touchdowns. Right. If we are aggressive on offense, we can negate Josh Allen having the ability to you know, put up points against us. But if we're not, then Josh Allen's going to run wild and have a huge night against the Titans at home in a Monday night football game. And you know Bills Mafia will be going crazy in that one. Uh, we're going to have to run the ball better. We're going to have to get our playmakers the ball. You know, two targets to Robert Woods is not going to cut it in this game. We're going to have to get him the ball early and often. We're going to have to get Burks the ball and get him in space. He is a playmaker. You know, like that's one of the reasons that we got rid of A.J. Brown is because we believe so much in Traylon Burks and his ability to make plays, so we need to get him that, those opportunities. Phillips, we got to hit him when he's open, you know. He got open in the slot and was getting the ball, and he did great yesterday, and he needs to keep doing that. Um, our defense going to have to be aggressive. We're going to have to really ramp up that pass rush again uh, next week. Our secondary is going to have to show a little more. 
even though Kevin Byard had a pretty good game, if you look at look at the stats, he was our leading uh, leader in tackles. Uh, great player, great great player. But we're gonna have to um, really lock in this week, get prepared for the uh, Bills on Monday night, and then the schedule doesn't get any easier. We played the Raiders after that, then at the Colts, at the Commanders. We get an early bye this week or this this year. Um, then we play the Colts, the Texans, the Chiefs at the Chiefs. The Denver Broncos at Green Bay, uh, the Bengals at Philadelphia, an A.J. Brown um, revenge game. Then the Jags, then at the Chargers, Texans, Cowboys at home, and then at the Jaguars to finish it off. So the time schedule is not going to get easy. It's probably one of the toughest in the NFL. Um, what do you think about that? Well, if you're going to be the best, you want to play against the best teams. And, you know, uh, we have – you want to play against the best teams, and so when you're playing teams like Kansas City and uh, you know even the Commanders, the Commanders actually looked decent yesterday. You know they've got Wentz. Wentz is not a terrible quarterback, and then you've got the Broncos at home. Uh, Wilson, he's a good player. He is a dang good player. Uh, people kind of sleep on him because of his size, but he's he's a playmaker. Um, and you got Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay. That's gonna, be, that's gonna be a terribly tough game on a. I think it's on a Thursday night, isn't it? Yeah, no, in November. You know, so super cold game. So that's gonna be where we're gonna have to get our, our running game together. Uh, then you've got Joe Burrow at home, uh, and then there's you know the Chargers and the Eagles, and you know you don't really have any gimme games. Uh, people even in our division, the AFC South, you know. Uh, they they don't look bad. And the Jaguars, you know, a lot of people last year kind of laughed at the Jaguars and this and that. But, you know, the Titans slept on the Giants yesterday. And so, so when you sleep on teams, uh, like we found out yesterday, you get beat. And so if you don't bring your A game and think that you can get beat, which I don't think we did, I think that we thought that this was going to be an easy win and we underestimated the Giants. And, you know, like we said, hats off to the Giants for uh, pulling one out yesterday. But, you know, we just have to get back to who we are and our identity as a football team and not, uh, you know, try to – there's a lot of people that are already writing off the Titans. Even Titans fans are writing off the Titans, and I don't think you can do that. I think that you have to, you know, it's a long season, and you have to put that into perspective and just try to get better every day. Well, here's the good news. No team in our division won the game yesterday. Not one team. The Two, two teams in our division played against each other, and they didn't. there wasn't even a win in our division. So – we're looking good in the division as far as that goes. I think our division is very winnable for the Titans. But if they do not get together their offensive play calling, then we will not be anyone else in our division. We will go home, you know, maybe win three or four games and not be a playoff team. But if we can turn around our offense, which I believe that we can, I think that the Titans will win the division. Uh, we predicted a 12-5 record at the beginning of the season. I don't know if that's going to happen, but – I feel like we have a good chance of winning the division. We have a good chance of being back in the playoffs. And maybe, who knows by then, the Bengals showed last year. Any team can win once it gets that time of year. So, do you have anything else to add on this first Sports Cap TN podcast? I think that, uh, you know, we've got some of the best fans on Twitter. I think that we need to keep growing that. Um, You know, if you have friends that are slightly interested in anything sports in Tennessee, you need to uh, give us a follow. You know, we uh, 
we're trying to be uh, interactive with our fans and uh, you know we're just wanting to, to see where this thing takes us and uh, we're enjoying interacting with some of the fans that we've had some of the giveaways that we've had and, uh, you know we we are really appreciative of the following that we do have and just hope to, to grow and really all that I've got. Yeah, and for the podcast, as far as it goes, uh, we want to, we want this interaction with you guys, and we want, like on our Twitter, we try to respond to every message that we have and respond to every tweet that is at us, and uh, we just, we love interacting. We are fans. We're by fans, for fans, so if anyone has anything they want to add, if anyone has anything that they want to talk about, uh, I would even be open to having people on the podcast with us, you know, calling in, talking to us, talking Titans football or Vols football or whatever, you know. Um, we really love the fans. We we are fans, and uh, we just really appreciate everyone who gives us a follow and uh, interacts with us. And check out our website. We have uh, the sportscattn.com is our website. Check it out. Uh, we have articles on there and other things. Uh, but we just really appreciate you guys. And tune in next time for more content. This is Kyle and Blake signing off.